Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So guys, I am really, 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 really excited about today's episode. Today, we're talking all about how to figure out if you're ready to have kids. Now, this topic is incredibly important to me because deciding that we were ready to start trying to have kids is one of the hardest decisions I have ever made. Now, maybe you are a woman who has always seen yourself being a mom and you have no doubt in your mind about that. But I know that there are also women on the other side of that spectrum, like me, who are dealing with so many doubts and fears and questions about the whole thing. To talk us through some of these questions, I have invited my very best friend, Kelsey Bennett, onto the show. Kelsey is my go-to person for pretty much every question I have about anything in life, but definitely my questions about parenting and kids. Kelsey's actually the one who walked with me through this whole journey of figuring out if and when we were ready to have kids, and I am so thrilled to get to share her wisdom with you today, too. Now, just a heads up, we actually had so much to say on the topic that we decided to split this into two episodes. Today in part one, we're going to be talking through questions like, does everyone want to have kids and are we supposed to want to have kids? How do we go about having the conversation with our significant other about kids in the first place and then also the timing? What if you find yourself having way more doubts and fears than actual longing? Is that normal? And so much more. And then in part two, we're going to talk about what it actually looked like for us to get ready to have kids. Having kids is a really, really big decision to make, and it comes with excitement and fears and everything in between, and I'm so excited to get to talk through this together. But before we dive in, I wanted to make sure that you guys have had a chance to check out my newest prayer journal. It's called The Between Places, 100 Days to Trusting God When You Don't Know What's Next. This is a prayer journal I actually wrote as Carl and I were in the process of trying to get pregnant through IVF. And I love this journal because it's a powerful and practical way for us to connect with God in times when our future feels really uncertain. Through 100 guided prayer prompts, the Between Places will help you trust God with the trickiest, most uncertain, and most important parts of your life. It'll help you believe more fully than ever that God is good, that He loves you, and that He's taking care of you. It'll help you live today with more contentment, step into the future with more courage and faith, and rest in God's peace knowing that He's with you every step of the way. If you'd like to order a copy of your own, you can just head to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com, and that link will also be in our show notes. Okay, you guys ready? Without any further ado, let's hop into my conversation with Kelsey. Okay, friends, I am so excited for who we have on the show today. I am sitting across from my real life best friend, Kelsey Bennett. Kelsey, welcome back to Girls Night. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be back. Kelsey, you've been on the show three times now. Is that right? Yeah, I think this is my fourth. I'm pretty sure. I can't believe that we've only had you on four times because basically anytime I'm going through anything in life or learning anything or just thinking about anything, I'm usually doing it with you. Like you are my person that I talk to about absolutely everything. So the fact that we haven't had you on the show to talk about every thought that has crossed my mind is <laughs> amazing. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like well, that shows some... Well, very lucky to have each other. That is for sure. I feel like that shows some restraint on my part. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Kels, for women who haven't gotten to hear from you yet, well, one, we will link to past episodes with you 
on uh, our show notes so everyone can go and listen to, to the other conversations that we've had here. But for women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact? Yeah, well, who I am in reference to you, we have been friends for about 12 years now. And we studied abroad together and then it has just gone up from there. So I feel like I can't go without saying who I am to you in that way. (laughs) Best friends for life. Um, Other than that, though, I am a wife and we just celebrated our seventh anniversary, which is exciting. And I'm a mom of two little boys, which we'll be talking about a lot today. And I'm currently a student. I'm uh, getting my master's in counseling. So I'll be eventually a licensed professional counselor, which I'm really excited about. It's been a big passion of mine for a long time to get to do this. So thanks to COVID, maybe one of the few things that came out of this season is that I got to go back to school. So, and a fun fact about myself, Steph and I were talking about this beforehand because we have a billion stories together and a billion like fun and funny experiences. And I think one that we were laughing the hardest about was, so at my bachelorette party, we, so I love Salt and, Salt and Peppa, the band. I guess they're more of a music group than a band. Uh, and we were like dancing at my bachelorette party to a song. And all of my bridesmaids were like, you have to do this for Tyler at your wedding. And I was like, I cannot, like, I'll be so embarrassed. I can't do it. And basically everyone was like, if you can't do it, like no one will, because I, I'm a bit less embarrassed about most things in life than a lot of other people. <laughs> so my best friends talked me into it and I uh, rapped and danced to What a Man by Salt and Peppa at my wedding. <laughs> you really did. You really did. And you did an awesome job. And I have to say, as one of your backup dancers... We we killed it as well. <laughs> we had a good time. That's <laughs> we, for sure. We did. People were very surprised. It was really it fun. was uh, choreographed, like truly choreographed. choreographed. And I told Carl, I think I told Carl ahead of time that we were doing this, and he was like preemptively embarrassed for us because <laughs> because th- I think things like this like tend to either be hilarious and awesome or like not good. You know, like really, that was why I was so apprehensive about it. I was like, I can't like this is either a great idea or a terrible idea, but there's no in between. And so I remember the look on Carl's face as I was like getting up on stage or like in the middle of the because I mean, everyone like spread out and stopped and like watched. It was like a whole thing. But afterwards, I mean, Carl is laughing so hard because you did such an awesome job. Oh, thank you. It was fun. Maybe we can find the video and you can link it out, but I don't know. I don't know if I have it anywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, we (laughs) maybe have it. We maybe have burned it or burned it into our memories. I don't know. We'll see if we can find it. I I love that. I feel like that tells everyone everything they need to know about you. (laughs) So Kels, I'm, I'm really, really happy to get to talk to you about this, about, I'm really happy to get to talk about this on the show, but to have you to have to get to share this conversation with you in particular because what we're talking about today is basically like an hour snippet of like a 6-year conversation that you and I had together. Yeah. We'll talk more about this as we get into things, but I know that there are women in the world who have always wanted to be moms. And it's like they, you know, since they were little kids, they always have just loved kids. They've always just pictured themselves being a mom. And I wasn't that kind of person. And I I was the kind of person who always thought that at some point I would want to be a mom. 
like I, I always thought that at some point it would like, I don't know, this desire would like grow in my heart or like, I, I just really thought at some point I will be a mom because at some point I'll be like, Hey, I really want to be a mom. And I think I thought that I would just like wake up one day and I would feel ready or I would feel like, yeah, I, I just would be prepared and, and that like deep desire would just sort of show up in my heart overnight. But that's not how it happened, actually. It was yeah. a really slow thing. It was, I think the expectation set in first. It was like, because because when you're when you're single or when you're dating, people ask you all about your relationships all the time. You know, they're like, are you dating anybody? And then, oh, you're dating someone. When are you guys going to get engaged? When are you guys going to get married? Yeah. And then it's like the second you get married, people move on and start asking you about kids. And even before anyone asked us anything, I started to feel this pressure of like, okay, we've been married now. We've been married for a couple months now. We've been married for a year now. We've been married for a couple years now. Like I'm supposed, this, I was, like clock's ticking. At some point I'm going to need to decide yeah. if this is something that we want to do or not. And I'm going to need to like, this is happening now. Like all of the pieces are in place. I'm going to actually, like I, I be, sort of became faced with this decision. And of course, Carl <laughs> was like in this too. And, you know, we can talk about his feelings on it too, but uh, I definitely struggled with this a lot more than he did, or I like wrestled with this a lot more than he did. And the person that I talked to the most about it, other than Carl, was you. And you were so patient with me and kind to me and answered so many of my questions. And you really like talked through this with me and, and talked through all my fears and let me ask you like just the craziest questions more than once um, about motherhood and what it's like. And um, and then another really, really important thing that you did was that you went first. And so you had Bodhi, uh, he just turned five. Is that right? Just turned five, yeah. That is truly mind-blowing to me. So Bodhi just turned five um, and then Jace just turned three. Yep. And so you had two kids before I had any, and it was really uh, like you really, for me, were the first of my friends to to do this. And, and so I got to really closely watch you be pregnant and, you know, like go through this whole thing and got to really know Bodhi right from the start. And I tell you this all the time that like, really, I feel like my, my girls should both be named Kelsey or both be <laughs> named Bodhi or something, because both of you guys, like getting to watch you become a mom and then getting to fall in love with this, like tiny beautiful little boy just changed changed so much in my heart and I feel like that's that's it just made such a difference in taking me from a place of like fear and a million doubts to a place where like I have two girls now so anyway I I know that there are women listening who may be like I've wanted to be a mom my whole life like I'm just waiting for the moment when like I, I get to do this thing but I also think that there are probably other women listening who are more like I was and who are really dealing with some doubts and fears and questions. And so this episode's really for them. Yep. We, um, I gathered a bunch of questions that I was asking. Um, and then I know that like our friends were asking, and I know that a lot of the women in our community are asking. And Kelsey, I was just thinking that we could go through them and just sort of like, I don't know, kind of like rehab some of the conversations that that we've had in the past and just talk about some of the things that we've learned through doing this in our own life. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. And I'd love to share a little bit about my journey too, because I, I feel like I kind of have an atypical journey as well with it. So I'm really excited to share today just 
both of our journeys really with this. I'm so, I'm so excited. I have uh, things I'm like already laughing about and then also like feeling feelings, thinking about your um, different parts of your journey. And so, okay, let's, and I really want to hear from you on this just to kind of start out. (laughs) Does everyone want kids? Do we need to want to have kids? And then also kind of a piece of that is that I've heard people say in the past that like our number one role as women is to have kids. Like it's like a biblical imperative that we are moms. Can you like, (laughs) yeah, can you like talk to me about this and and tell me like, um, I want to hear, did you always want to have kids also? Yeah. So let me, um, I'm going to start just by sharing like a teeny bit of my journey because obviously I'll share it a lot along the way. But kind of how, like when you were talking, I was thinking with my journey, I have always wanted to have a family, but I absolutely had those feelings of like, I do want to start a family. And also for me, a lot of my like fear with it was like, will I be a good parent? It wasn't, my issues weren't necessarily as much with like, do I want to have kids? Do I want to have a family? But it was like, my own fears and insecurities around my own ability to do it. We don't have to get into all the, you know, nitty gritty of that. But I would say because of that, I had my own fears about starting a family. And then I also think I I just have wanted to share about like ever since we talked about doing this episode about how Tyler and I did not have kids when we wanted to but not in the same way as a lot of other people. A lot of other people struggle to have kids. Tyler and I got pregnant when we didn't want to with both pregnancies. And I just want to give a shout out to the girls that are listening to this that maybe are already moms that maybe can relate to that because that is also its own hard journey. And so that's, you know, just like a little piece of my journey with all of this that, yeah, we each have our journey with children, whether that's not having them, whether that's not wanting them, whether that's having them when we didn't want to, whether that's, you know, wanting them and not, not yet getting them. Like there's so everybody has their own journey with this. So, you know, I hope, I hope this is encouraging for everyone who finds themselves on this journey and wherever you're at, uh, that we can just be an encouragement. But yeah, for me, I, I did, I, I guess I would say I did always want to be a mom, but not in necessarily the time frame that I, I got to have it. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, do we like, do we have to want this as women? Totally. I, well, so no, I don't think so. In my, you know, like not, you know, I don't have like a degree in whether or not women need to have babies or not, but I just think that God has given each of us a gift and calling and they all look different or many gifts, really many skills, many passions. And I think at least watching you stuff, what was really unique um, from my perspective, watching you is that you did have these ideas of wanting a family. It was, it was like the, it was like, you're at the starting line and you don't know when the gun's going to go off. And you're like terrified of that, you know, of like the race starting. You're like, I can like envision having like middle schoolers and high schoolers and like having a family, like long, long term, like sitting around the table with like my adult children. But you're like, I feel like for you, you were like, how do I like start that? You know? And I think that's super normal that all of us have these like different desires and expectations. And I think, you know, whether that be like, 
you know, from like a religious standpoint or a political standpoint or like how our culture is or whatever it is, we feel like we have these like have tos. And I guess today I hope, I hope that our encouragement is that like, not only do you, do you not have to, but if you want to, it's not just a, I'm sorry, this is going to sound a little confusing, but it's a get to, it's like, to me, it's a, I hope it's encouraging for those of you that are on the fence today to, to, if you decide to do it, that it's great. Like that if you decide to have kids that you feel empowered and excited and not afraid, but also for those of you that are, that are listening and today makes you feel even more like you don't want to go that direction. That is great. Like, I think God blesses people, not only who like stay single, but also who get married and don't have children. I think God blesses every single type of family, whatever that family may look like. There's a solid possibility that I cry like through this entire episode. <laughs> I, I love that. And, and I'm with you, Kels. Like, I don't, like, neither of us are theologians. Neither of us, like, yeah, have degrees in whether women are supposed to have babies or not. But like, I just have a really hard time with the idea, like there was a long time where I didn't know if I could have kids. Yep. And I just refused to believe that that, that if that had ended up being my story, that like I had failed as a woman because like, the, or that God couldn't use me in other ways. Like that's, that's just crazy to me. Or like the women in our community who, who don't want to have kids. Like I can very much relate to, to that feeling, but like are you kidding? Like there is so much more that you have to offer than your ability to reproduce. And that's a, it's a yeah. really amazing thing that our bodies can do this. I'm still wrapping my mind around it, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's not the only amazing thing that we can do. Yeah. And I think it's a safe place to share here that I not only knew I wanted to be a mom, but I was also conflicted about m- whether or not I even could And I feel like I really want to share the story of how we were at Michelle's wedding weekend and she got married over New Year's. And it was like nearing midnight or maybe just after midnight. And we're all like celebrating together. And I'm standing with Steph and Carl. And Tyler and I had talked about like wanting to start a family and not necessarily like this second. We were like on that way of like, maybe we'll start having kids, like start trying to have kids in the next year. And I'm standing with Steph and Carl and I just start crying. And I'm like, but what if I like can't have kids? Like I have PCOS. So for all of my sisters out there, like I have PCOS. And for many of us, we've been told like, I don't know if we can have kids, all of that. So, you know, I'm like processing that aspect of it too. And Carl's like wiping my tears. Like and little did I know I was actually pregnant at the time. I was probably like five weeks pregnant at the time. I had no idea because we weren't trying I had no idea that we, that I was pregnant, but it's like, it's just like crazy how God works in all of this. Honestly, I have goosebumps thinking about that. I, there was such a like, sweet, tender moment that Carl's wiping my tears. I know. He's like, you're okay. You're okay. <laughs> like, oh, wow. We're crying now. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, okay. I think we were just celebrating New Year's. Great. <laughs> yep, I know. Listen, like we just don't always pick when our feelings show up. No, we don't. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love that. I think if, I just think, yeah, we have, we all have different gifts and I I feel like I should give a shout out. So we have an amazing, amazing nanny who takes care of our girls a couple days a week. She's with them right now, which is how I can be with you guys. 
but she talks about how uh, she has always loved babies, like always loved babies. Like from when she was tiny, she has always like learned about babies and known all these things about babies and loved babysitting. And she told us when, when we first, uh, when we first hired her, she told us that um, being with my two babies was like self-care for her. And she even was like, she was like, seriously, I would hang out with them for free. And we're like, I don't think you should do that. And she goes, no, I don't think, I guess I shouldn't do that either. We're like, yeah, no, we're not going to let you do that. Uh, we're definitely going to pay you for your time and your expertise. But, but she like, she loves babies that much that she was, was she would like, she calls it self-care, which is like wild to me. And so that's just like proof to me that we all have different skills and gifts and talents because that is like, I've never, I've never been good at babysitting, which is actually (laughs) the next question I was going to ask you, Kels. We, I asked you this a bunch before having my own kids. So I personally hated babysitting. Me too. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's what I was going to ask you is like, for those of us who, who people haven't said like, oh, you're such a, you're so good with kids or like, or, you know, we don't self-identify as like a kid person, or we don't feel like hanging out with babies is self-care. Like is having your own kids the same as babysitting? Or can you be a parent even if you were a terrible babysitter? Yeah. So we have this conversation a lot and I actually offered this information to Steph before she even asked me. I don't know if you remember that stuff, but I think Bodhi had like just been born and I was like obsessed with him and had never experienced the like deep level of love I had for him. Like any other time in my life, it was so overwhelming I probably was like high on a ton of hormones. Um, but it was just like, I was like so overwhelmed and I was like, I hated babysitting. I wasn't good at it. I never looked forward to it. It was like just a way to make money for me. Like I, and I think I like, I guess I, again, I'm kind of in the middle where I was like, I'm not like, people were never like, oh, you shouldn't be a babysitter. You're bad with kids. Yeah. Like I was good with kids, but I didn't necessarily enjoy it. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's yeah. like, I was fine caretaking. Like I was good at it, but I didn't love it. And that really scared me that I was like, man, maybe I won't be like a good mom. But I think the difference is there's, they are your kids. You love them. There's, there's so much more and not in like, I don't mean this in a scary way, but there's so much more at stake in the matter. Whereas like when you're babysitting, you're like, okay, so you watch too much TV today. Like not really my problem. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So I think like, yeah, I guess I would just say like, God gives us all of like the gifts and abilities we need for like what's at hand with us. And yes, did I not love it? I didn't love babysitting, but I also feel like he gave me this like overwhelming, like love and ability to help and do the things for my kids that that I've needed to do in every season thus far. And I feel like he'll just continue to do that. So even if you're not a great babysitter and you never loved it, it does not mean anything about what you'll be as a mom. I have this memory, Kels, that, and I don't know if this, like, if you will remember this at all, but we were talking about you guys taking a trip somewhere and you were going, I think you were going to Europe. And I remember you saying something about, I I remember, I I think I asked like, okay, well, are your parents or is Tyler's parents going to take Bodhi? Like, obviously you're going to want to like offload this kid so that you can go and have this great trip abroad. And I remember using, well, actually like, I, I I think we really want to take him. 
And maybe you were saying like at some point, because I know you haven't taken Bodhi to Europe, but you're like, no, we really want to take him. And I think I must have looked like so surprised. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why would you want to take him? And you're like, well, because he's not like, and I don't remember exactly how you said it, but you basically said something like, he's not like extra baggage. He's our family. Yeah. And I, I like it, something about that. I think when you're not in the situation, even like, I love your kids so much, but even, even then, like you feel something different for them. And, and that changes things like to the point where when you think about going, you know, into an experience or taking a vacation or something like that, you actually like want to experience that with them because they are your family members. They're people that you love and enjoy and want to experience the world with. And maybe that's obvious to like everybody but me, but I can relate to that now where I'm like, oh, like, I mean, yes, there, there's absolutely a time and a place for a vacation without your kids. We're about to take one with the girls for the first time. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know how much of a vacation this is going to be, but I am really excited to like experience the ocean in a new way through their eyes. Yeah. And so I just, I just understand that in a different way. And I, I did after you said that, where it's like, they're not they're not like a kid that you're babysitting for that you like haven't been able to give back to their parents. Exactly. They're your family. And you enjoy them in a completely different way than you have ever enjoyed anyone else's kids. And I would say even the same is for me, when I became an aunt, I became an aunt before I became a, a mom twice over. I became an aunt before I became a mom and I loved them more than I had ever loved any other kid. And I was also on the earlier end, like now, since my best friends have had kids, that's obviously also different, but I was on the earlier end of having kids of our friends. And I was like, Oh, I love you. Like I would actually like to babysit you. Like this is like, like I love you in a different way than I've ever loved any kid. And yeah, I think that your heart just begins to like expand and expand more. And It doesn't feel not that, I mean, every mom can attest to like needing a break, of course, but I just mean, it's not, it's just not the same, you know? Well, I, that was really comforting for me because that was a big fear of mine. Like, yeah, to be fair, I feel like I should say I was a good babysitter. Like I've always been a responsible human. So people leaving their kids with me was not like foolishness on their part, but I definitely was like looking at my watch, like how much longer do I have to do this? It's just not... (laughs) I just, it did not bring me life. It was yeah, not self-care for, for me. Sure. So, okay, Kels, if we kind of going back a little bit, if we don't think that we want to have kids or we are positive, we do want to have kids, like basically wherever we are on the spectrum, should we be talking to our significant other about that before we get married? Like, is that, is that a conversation we need to have before we get married? Is it like a, a deal breaker one way or the other? Should it be for us? I I do think, I'd be curious what you have to say about this too. I think it is really an, an, a really important conversation to have. I think if you don't have the conversation, or I guess I, I would say if both of you are like 100% we want to have kids, like you have the conversation, you both want to have kids, great. Or you're both like, we never want to have kids, great. But I think it's if either of you are like really resting in that gray area of like, I think I want kids, but I don't know, or I, I don't think I actually want kids, but maybe my like significant other does. I just think you, I think kind of like, I mean, just like you would want to talk about like 
what career ideas you have. Like these are, these things impact the other person. So I don't think you can go without having the conversation. And I think you leave space for bigger issues along the way. If you don't talk about it, that's kind of my opinion on the matter. And I think, uh, I do think if you guys are both up for exploring it and changing and thinking together, that's totally fine. But again, I just think it leaves room for disagreements later and really big disagreements. If if you aren't at least talking about it, not that you have to necessarily come to the conclusion at that second, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, it does. It does change. It can change. Like, you know, you may think you don't want kids and then you decide that you do, or you guys may both really want kids and then you can't have them. Like, so it's, it's not like you get to decide and like make a plan that actually ends up sticking before you get married. But I do think, you know, Carl and I have talked about this a lot on the show, actually, where when you're dating, you need to figure out what direction a person is headed in life because in general, you want to make sure that you're going in the same direction. Uh, Because if you don't, like if you have someone who is headed due north and you are headed east, you either are are not going to get to where you want to go. Like you wanted to go east, you end up going north because that's where they want to go. Like that's not what you wanted for your life. Or you end up pulling them to your direction and they don't, end up where they wanted to be in life or yeah, you both end like up weirdly somewhere in the middle yes. and no happy. <laughs> yeah. And like, there are definitely some things where like, you know, compromise is really good or, you know, leaning into the way that someone else would do things. That's good. But, but having kids is one of those things that like, you may not want to compromise on. And, yeah. and so say that you really, really, really want to have kids and you marry someone who is like, I absolutely do not. I'm not changing my mind. And they really, truly do not want to change their mind. Getting to the end of your life and not getting to have kids, if that's really important to you, like that's a major loss in your life, a major, major loss. And so if you, and that's one of the things that you need to, to like be aware of when you're going into the, to this marriage is like, is marrying this person knowing that they don't want to have kids, is it still worth it? Is this the person for me knowing all those things? And same vice versa. Like it would be an enormous amount of pressure for you to know that you do not want to have kids. And like, you're really pretty sure about that. And to know that this person absolutely does, like that's something that you, you would be preventing them from having this thing in their life, or they would be basically making you do something you don't want to do. And so like, this is just, it's a really big, important conversation to have. And I think it's, I think it's most important when either person feels really strongly about it. If you're both kind of gray area, we'll figure this out together. We're not sure. Or like, we think so, but like, not now. That was, that was where Carl and I were. We were both like, yeah, I think it's like, when I picture my life at some point I have kids. Yeah. But neither of us were like, right now, ASAP, most important thing for us, like, you know, nothing else matters. Like this is where we're headed. But yeah, I do think that this is a really, really big deal in your life. And and so if you, if one of you is very strongly, yes, like you, you just, if one of you has a really, really strong feeling on it, you want to make sure that, that either you're on the same page or you're really well, like one of you is very willing to bend. Yeah. And it actually really reminds me of my like last boyfriend I had before I met Tyler 
And we were really compatible in a ton of ways. Like we had so much fun together, laughed together, enjoyed each other's company. Like a lot of the stuff that I would say is really important for marriage we had, but I would say the biggest thing that was not is our idea of a family. And that was actually in the end, the biggest thing that I think for both of us, like it was a very mutual breakup. We realized because he was so like fixated on having like a really, um, intense, like basically like decade of work where not only did he probably not want to have a family, but if we would have had a family together, he would have just not been available. And I had always dreamed of having a spouse that was like very involved in have in like the family life. Like I never envisioned being like this, like stay at home mom that just kind of like, you know, was on beck and call for just my kids. Like I've also had career dreams. And so when, you know, when we broke up, we broke up because our family like dreams were not the same. And like, it was like a, he's going North and I'm going East and we just have to choose to like not be together. And it's a hard decision. I really, you know, for those of you that are listening and that you're in that and it's scary, it is a really scary thing to give up the good to go for the great. But I, in the end, I look at it now and I'm like, wow, I can't imagine what our life would be like had I made that decision. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, 
com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. So as we're talking, Carla and I just moved into a new house. We just bought a new house. And we have this amazing realtor who has been our our friend and our mentor for a long time. And she always talks about like the 80-20 rule. And she says, you know, or no, hang on. What does she say? She says... I'm going to mess it up. It's like 80, 10, 10 or something like that. And it's like 80% of, of the house you love, you like 10% of it, you don't love, but you can fix it. And then 10% you just have to live with. And there are, there are aspects of that too, where it's like, I mean, you've had seasons of being a stay at home mom. Like that's not yep. your, like, like there are seasons of our lives where like our career ambitions or are or a part of us has to like be more dormant for a minute so that another part of us or our family or our, our spouse's life can thrive like we kind of there's yeah. some trade-off and some compromise that happens but like we have to figure out what like what those things are that we can't change and that like that are going to be the way that they are and we have to decide if we're okay yeah. with those I was yeah. thinking about you know, one of the things that Carl and I talked about a lot before we had kids was that I didn't want to be the sole caretaker either. Yeah. As we've established, like, I'm not, uh, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like that's, I feel like there are women who, like, are just absolutely incredible with kids. And, like, being a stay-at-home mom is, like, just the best thing for their family, for their kids, for them. Like, it is just a fit all the way around. Yeah. And it just, I'm, I'm, that's not, me. That's not who I am. And I think that if I had ended up in some of the relationships that I had been in throughout the years, like the person I would have married would have expected that of me and would have wanted that. Like that's what their ideal family would have looked like. And to me, that would have been like, you know, there, again, there are seasons, there's trade-offs there, you know, sometimes where different people take on a different amount of the load, 
but that would have been a really, that would have been a, a just a non-negotiable for me because there are yeah. other things in the world that I'm so passionate about doing as well. And if someone didn't value those things in me also, like that would have been, it would have just crushed like a really, really important part of myself. If that yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think all of that stuff is stuff you have to like think through. Yeah. When, and that's yeah. why deciding to have a family is a really complex decision, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, so, okay. Let's talk about how you actually decide this with another person and like how you get on the same page. I remember being so perplexed by this, like to make a big decision, like to make a big life-changing decision on your own is hard enough, but to like coordinate with another human, like Carl and I are really good communicators. We are like on the same page in so many ways in life. But I just remember looking at him going, how the heck are we going to decide something this big together? Like, what are the chances that we like both feel ready at the same time? Or like, I, I just could not wrap my mind around making this kind of decision. And so Kels, like, how do you figure this out with your spouse? Like, how do you, how do you know when the right time is and how do you figure it out together? Yeah. So I've had this conversation with a ton of friends, I think, especially because we were on the earlier end of my friends having kids. Like, how do you decide the right timing? Because it's, there's never going to be like the perfect scenario in the sense of like, you're never going to have like the perfect amount of money, the perfect jobs, like the, you know, whatever it is, like there's always something or maybe a lot of things that feel amiss. And you know, I think I've also watched some of my friends like wait and then they're like actually frustrated that they're not pregnant. So it's this really weird. I mean, I truly don't think there's like a perfect, like a plus B equals C honestly, but what I will say, one thing that I think helped me realize that we were ready was, I mean, again, we got pregnant before we wanted to, but in general, we were like there, you Mm -hmm. know, like maybe not that exact like time did I want to get pregnant, but like I would say within the next year, we would have wanted to start trying. So we weren't like way off. But I think what was for me, what was really uh, comforting and helping decide was uh, if not now, when? And if not this scenario, what? So if you can answer those two questions, like, okay, so if not now, when? When would be that perfect time? Is it, do you like, like, okay, so for example, I'm in school right now. Is that like the best idea? For some people, it might be. I know a lot of people who've gotten pregnant in grad school, but for some people, it really might not be. And so if not now, when? Okay, like after I'm done with grad school, whatever that is, that that's like one scenario of a million. And then if not what, you know, if it's not like, yeah, not now, when? And if not what, what scenario does it need to like to contain, I guess, basically of like, like, is it that, you know, is it time that's not working? Is it money that's not working? But the thing is, again, not everything will align. So then it's just deciding like, God is now that time or is it not? And I think truly like you and your spouse spending, like we spent actual time, like praying about our kids before they were even like a real thing. And I think honestly, even you more than me, you know, like, I think you spent years praying about kids longer than I did, you know, cause Tyler and I had kids two years after we were married. So we were, you know, on the earlier side, whereas you guys, I think spent a bit longer. 
Yeah. So I'm curious kind of what you have to say about that too. One, and now that you, I'm glad you said that because it reminded me of something. I prayed like every day for a really long time that God would help us be on the same page for timing. Um, that we would like that not even as much that like the timing would be perfect, but that we would just, cause I didn't know what that looked like. I had no idea what the scenario looked. It wasn't like, you know, as soon as we can pay off this debt, which like, that's a real thing, you know, that's, and we'll talk about like prepping, um, in a minute here, but it wasn't like, oh, well, once we hit this milestone or whatever, it was, I don't know. It, I didn't, I just didn't feel ready and I was scared and my doubts way outweighed my desire. And I had no idea what was going to change. And I had no idea how like that could possibly, because I, I felt so out of control of my own feelings about it. I had no idea how it could possibly align with Carl's feelings on it. So I, I really just spent a lot of time, like every day, I just prayed the same thing. Like, God, help us be, a, like, help us figure out when the time is right and help us be on the same page about that. Yeah. And how we ended up deciding was we had been, okay, how long had we been married at this point? I think this was 2018, New Year, like four and a half years, uh-huh. I think. I think we we had been married for four and a half years when we had this conversation. I think I'd have to maybe go back and and do the math. But we, I had a dream, and this has never happened to me. I like don't have dreams that mean anything. My dreams are just crazy. I had a dream the night, like on New Year's, um, when it was turning to be twenty eighteen, um, that Carl and I decided to start trying that summer, that coming summer. So his brother was getting married that summer. And I just had a dream that we decided to start trying after, after their wedding. So Carl and I happened to be home together on New Year's. Like normally we would be out with friends, we, you know, would be out of town or with friends or something like that, but we were just at home on New Year's day. And so we sat together and just like spent some time praying about the year and reflecting and answering some questions and like journaling together. And again, normally our New Year's days are like not that intentional. It was like the only super intentional one we've ever had. (laughs) And I remember telling him feeling so tentative about it. Like this is wild. I don't, I never have dreams that mean anything. I have no idea if this means anything or what you're going to say. But I said, um, I had a dream last night that we decided to start trying this summer and it was about six months away. And he was like, I think that's, I think that sounds good. I think that sounds about right. And I just was totally blown away. Like I I couldn't believe that I had even said that out loud. And I couldn't believe that he was like sort of in agreement. And really what we decided, what we decided was that we would reevaluate in, in June. We would like get there and see how we were feeling and seeing if we just needed more time. And it turned out that when we got to June, we were like ready. We're like, okay, we're going to do this. Uh, and then two years later, we got pregnant. <laughs> so, I was going to say, uh, and, then, and then, and then God had his timing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And which I guess like now is as good a time as any to like pause on that for a second. I think one of the fears is that we're going to like over, overrule God's timing or that we're going to like somehow, you know, cause I guess what I, what I didn't pray for was like for God to tell us exactly what to do. Cause he didn't, he didn't tell us like you must start trying at this point. Like it just, we got to make the decision and we made it together and we just felt pretty good about it. You know, all things, you know, being weighed 
But the thing that we learned from trying for a year and having it not work, and then at about 14 months, we started doing uh, like fertility stuff. And then at about 18 months, was it 18 months? Something like that. We started doing IVF. Like, I mean, we tried to get pregnant in every possible way that you can try to get pregnant and we could not make it happen on our own. Nothing. We tried everything and nothing worked. And so I think that that's just a reminder is like, you cannot, especially in this, you cannot like overthrow God's timing. Like, I just, I just don't, I just don't think you can because we tried and it didn't work. Also, Kelsey, I feel like now might be a good time to say that you guys also tried to have some control in the situation and it didn't work. And it yeah. didn't work. Do you? And that's, that's, I was just going to say that I was like, and on the opposite side, I did not want to have a kid yet. And I mean, even Jace, we were actively preventing to have Jace and we still had him and I missed my brother's wedding. Like I'll never forget it. Like, but I, again, I think, I think what you're saying is so dead on that, like we can't overthrow God's timing. And I just also think God has specific kids in mind for us truly like, I think in this, you know, this, we don't have to get into this, you know, cause it's really, you know, a broad and heady like statement, but it's like, God has taught me so much through my own specific children, not just like, he didn't give me like these generic children that don't grow me. Like he gave me these children that I like absolutely adore. And that like, in a lot of ways are my like ironing, iron sharpening iron people. Like they make me better. And I think I am their mom to make them better. And yeah, I mean, I just think we can't, I think you're so right. Like we can't overthrow God's time. But I also think Steph, watching you go through that, it was so painful when we were in it. I mean, being, being your friends through fertility treatments was like, I was mad at God that God wouldn't bless you guys with a child that you wanted so bad. And watching you guys through that was, was really devastating for me. But what I have also come to see now on this end of it is you were scared to start trying. Like you were like, I think we're ready. Like, I guess we're ready. Like, I guess we'll try. And I feel like by the time you guys got pregnant, it was nothing but a celebration. There was no, oh my gosh, like, are we ready? Like, can we do this? It was only a celebration. Like it was only joy. And I guess what I would say is even though it was a lot of pain in those, in that timing, it was also, it, it, it gave all of us the opportunity to like watch God, like do his thing and, and, and get to celebrate actually. Like, I think, I think you would have had a really hard time if our, if our stories were switched. Oh yeah. And I, would, I mean, I would have had a really hard time with your story. Anybody would. But I more mean like, I think if you would have gotten pregnant accidentally, I I think you would have had a really hard time jumping on board with it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. I would have had such mixed emotions. And really, I mean, if it had, depending on when it had happened, I would have had not mixed emotions. They would have just been all bad. Like, yeah, totally. And, but like, they were all good when you guys got pregnant. I mean, not good. that you probably didn't have your own fears because that's like normal, but I more mean you wanted it yeah. like by that point, you yeah. know? which was such, uh, I mean, it was, I just felt like God's handwriting was like all over your story, which was beautiful. Um, I'm definitely crying. 
and I, for anyone who doesn't know, I feel like we should just throw in here, just like while we're giving credit where credit is due. Um, so Carl and I ended up doing, we've done a whole podcast episode about this. So um, we'll link to that also, but uh, Carl and I ended up doing IVF and um, that's how we ended up finally getting pregnant. But when we did it, we ended up with one healthy embryo. And that was just devastating because, you know, one, we wanted to have more than, by the time we were on board, we were like, well, we want to have more than one kid. Yeah. And, and also one embryo meant like, if this doesn't work, like if, if something bad happens, we are back to the very beginning. And the thought of going back to the very beginning was just so much. Like we just, it was more time and money and emotional energy and pain and doctor's appointments and shots and all kinds of things that I could even wrap my head around. Um, and so we were really sad and really scared to just have one embryo. And then we go in for our very first ultrasound. And it turns out that God, this is literally only something he can do, took our one healthy embryo and split it so that one embryo became two. He literally like fish and loved our baby, <laughs> our babies. <laughs> And I remember praying with you beforehand and we asked God for like a miracle. We asked God, like, would, I was like, God, will you blow their mind? Yeah. And in my head, he was going to blow your mind with like, you were pregnant, <laughs> but he like blew all of our minds and made two, ba- two I, babies. It was just, yeah. I Should we like say the next thing that he has totally blown our minds with? Like, is is now, like, I think now's as good of a time as any. Okay, I think you should say it. You're talking about Michelle, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, as long as we're on the same page. <laughs> uh, so, our other best friend, Michelle, uh, that Steph has also talked a lot about and has been on the show, she had to do IVF treatments as well. And she's pregnant with twins, twin girls. Exactly. And I am just floored that my two best friends are having twin girls. And I think the other part that's really crazy for me in my little snippet of this story is that I always wanted daughters. Like I always wanted sons, but I for sure wanted a daughter. Like I wanted both. If I could have like made my story, I would have had one of each. And I didn't get, I didn't get to have a girl. And I have always been like a little bit sad about that. And I have so many girls in my life between all of my nieces and now between Steph and Michelle's twin girls, I'm just like overwhelmed by all the women I get to love in my life. And it makes me so happy. It's so, it's so cool. Michelle, and the craziest thing to me is that, so people always ask us if twins run in our family. And I know I've said this before on the show, but if anyone hasn't heard it, my grandmother was an identical twin and her name was Anne, which is why we named Annie, Annie. But uh, identical twins don't run in families. Like it does not, it is not hereditary. Only fraternal twins are hereditary because an identical twin, it's an embryo that splits in half, which is like a total freak thing. Like it is a miracle. It is literally something that only God can do. It like, there's no way to cause it. And there's like no, no medical way to make that happen. Um, And so the fact that we ended up with twins was like truly like God's handwriting is all over that. He's the only one who could make that happen. But then Michelle had one embryo. She like, we know that she was pregnant with one baby, we thought. And then God did the exact same thing to her. And which is just so cool. 
is, yeah, it just is. It's like truly like, well, no, I'll never get over it. I'll never I get won't. over it. <laughs> I will just like 18 and graduating. And I'm going to be like, I can't believe you guys had twins. <laughs> I know. I, me too. Me too. Oh my God. Yeah. I'll be surprised about it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Okay. So Kels, we've talked about, you know, getting on the same page. I think, uh, well, actually, I don't even know if I, if I finish that story. So, um, Carl and I decided we were going to, we were going to start trying, um, at six months and, um, something really cool happened right before that happened. And that is that you guys all came to Nashville for a week and stayed at our house. And Bodie was the only kiddo at that point. And he was a year and a half and he's obsessed with Carl and like, and we are just obsessed with him. And he was so funny and great and cute and, it was my first time living with a kid and it was just for a week, but like every morning we got to wake up and see Bodhi and play with him all day. And like, we got to just, we all, I mean, there were like 10 adults and one, one kiddo, but we were all like on his schedule and we just got to see what life was like just even a little glimpse. And when you guys left, Carl and I went to our favorite park and we were sitting on this hill and I was like, I think we're ready. And he was like, I think we're ready too. And like, that was, I mean, it truly was, it was, we'd gotten to about six months, but right before then you guys came out and we got to just spend a week yeah. with you and, and watch you guys do it in real time. And I remember asking Tyler, I was, cause I knew we were like really very much making this decision. And I was like, Tyler, tell me the truth because Tyler's like a straight shooter. I'm like, do you like being a parent? Like, is this a good thing? And he said, Steph, 95% of the time, it's the best thing ever. of the time, it's terrible. And I think that the day before, (laughs) Bodhi had like slapped him across the face or something like that. Like, so he had done something just like ridiculous the day before. 95.5. And I was like, are you, I was like, okay, I can 95.5. I like that. I like that. Those odds, I'll take those odds any day. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it was so sweet getting to watch you and Carl just like love Bodhi and, and become obsessed with him and realize that like, you guys would get to have all of those, your own experiences with that. Mm-hmm. It, it was just, it was so cool to watch. And I, and I remember telling you like, like what more do you need to be ready? You yeah. know, like what more do you need? Yeah. And, it, and I think it's because you were at yeah. that time ready. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode, but we'll be back next week with part two of my conversation with Kelsey. In part two, we're talking all about how to actually prepare to have kids and what that all looks like. I can't wait to share this next part with you. In the meantime, before you go, I would love it if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest this podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' night. So would you do me a huge favor and take a quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would help us out so much. And thank you to all of you who've left those beautiful five-star reviews already. I can't tell you how much it means to me. All right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with part two of my conversation with Kelsey, and I cannot wait to share the rest of it with you. I'll talk to you soon.